0: Welcome to the breakdown or I should say welcome back and uh, yeah, I know for those who've been listening, I know what you're thinking, not too soon, I know and it's been a while since our last episode and there have been quite a few developments uh, not only in my private life, but also, you know, in my public life and in the country as a whole. Uh, First, of course, I I had to deal with the consequences of my, my lawsuits Um, for those who don't know and many of you don't i'm facing three court cases due to our investigations on racism in the city halls of paris the city hall of the 20th arrondissement and the city hall of colombe on the west side uh, of paris and we exposed uh, the racism that is uh, almost normal in those administrations and we even exposed the dark circumstances of a woman's death on her workplace it turned out she was found dead at a public library as you know she was probably changing her clothes i think you know she said she had a stroke and and succumbed to it and we our you know investigation revealed that months before her death she had been brutally harassed by the head of municipal services what we call in french uh, D, uh, dgs director general des service the person who's managing the uh, municipal employees and that person according to reports from unions workers and emails we had access to he had been spewing horrific racist slur at black and arab workers and he called uh, this uh, woman you know may she rest in peace but you know this has to be said because this was said in front of other people and it has been reported and nothing was done about it she was called the uh, fat uh, black woman that stinks she was called uh, too heavy she was even prohibited from climbing on board the elevator I mean this woman was 50 in her 50s when she was going through that and the person who's been accused by dozens of workers Didier Conk well now he's suing me for revealing the truth he did nobody's questioning you know what we revealed he just is he's suing me for uh, you know defaming a government employee and that money is coming from the city hall of paris which means he does not have to pay for his lawyer whereas i do have to pay for it so to him it's just a game he's gonna call a lawyer the mayor of paris a supposedly a socialist a so-called leftist has given her green light for him to get full subsidy for his lawsuits and now he's suing me for revealing the case and also for revealing how the city hall of paris uh, put him in a different department instead of instead of taking disciplinary actions against him so a, a woman dies on her workplace she's the victim of sexist and racist harassment and the person being accused by unions and all workers on the workplace gets put in a different apartment until he retires which he did and then he gets a full subsidy to sue me and drag me in court so yesterday I was at the uh, Paris uh, tribunal and of course the judge you know, told me that Mr. Luwati you're being accused of quote-unquote defaming a, a public a servant therefore you are being charged for that and you know thank you very much goodbye and now I'm awaiting a trial probably in a year or so that's the news now of course beyond me and beyond Yasser Luati. If you've been living in under Iraq, I'm sorry for you, but as you, as you all know, France just went through uh, the presidential election and is now heading towards the legislative elections. I'm going to give you my point of view on these elections and stuff that are so not being reported either by French media or uh, foreign ones. In the meantime, let's take a short break and we will be right back. Thanks for being with us and uh, let's continue our conversation about the presidential election. Now, of course, everybody knows Emmanuel Macron did win the elections. It was not a landslide and uh, we have seen the tendencies that were there back in 2017 when he won for the first time actually worsen. So just a quick reminder in France, the presidential election is held in two rounds in the first round any person who secures a 500 endorsements from public servants can run for the election and in the second round the, the 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 two top contenders face each other and the whoever makes the most votes is elected now this year the the first and second round took place uh, respectively on the f- first uh, on the 10th and the 24th uh, april 2022 and the scores if you take a look at them there was nothing to rejoice about uh, if i were a uh, macronite actually the election showed that that there there is a deep mistrust uh, towards uh, not only emmanuel macron but also the whole political uh, system now uh, emmanuel macron of course his party said he won by 58.55 percent yes he won 58.55 percent of the people who went to vote but if we put that figure and compare it and, and get the ratio out of the whole electoral body he only gets 38.50% which means you have a president who gets re-elected even though the vast majority of people did not vote for him. That's already a problem if you want to speak about a well-functioning democracy. On the other hand, Marine Le Pen got 41.45%. Not bad at all. And this is where we have to worry about France and the tendencies we called out on this podcast and elsewhere when it comes to racism and authoritarianism, where they are there to stay. Back to Marine Le Pen she got 27.26% of the whole electoral body. Now, let's take a look at how much that represents. France is a country of about, I would say, yeah, 67%, 67 million people, excuse me. And out of those uh, 67 million uh, people, well, I'm not getting into the details about who's a French citizen or not, but if we count the total number of votes Macron got 18.8 million votes but here is the kicker, Marine Le Pen got 13 million, actually 13.3 million votes and to make things worse, to show you that her rhetoric has become quite a major force in the French political landscape, Eric Zemmour, of course he was, you know, mocked for only making 7% when people even saw him in the second round and even him uh, said that he saw himself being elected as president because according to him france is being threatened by muslims blacks and arabs uh, and the end of masculinity eric uh, zemmour still got 2.5 million you know, voters so you add 2.5 and 13.3 how much is that 15.8 million people adhere to the same ideas as Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour now many leftists and I read the coverage you know offered by uh, The Nation and the uh, Jacobin Magazine etc well uh, how can I say and this is another moment we will talk about you know foreign leftist coverage of France maybe in a different episode I do have a problem with the way they portray Jean-Luc Mélenchon as this Uh, radical leftist who's going to bring back the left uh, to power. We'll get into it, you know, in a different uh, uh, time. However, however, Jean-Luc Mélenchon did manage to, uh, how can I say, uh, beat the rest of the left and to motivate voters from the banlieue of France all over over, uh, uh, continental France. And there is something he only needed. Four hundred thousand votes to make it to the second round, and that is quite a historic move. Now, however, uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon did not get as much as he should have because the Green Party maintained the, can- the candidacy of Yannick Jadot. Same thing with the Socialist Party because both of them have long-standing problems with Jean-Luc Mélenchon, and they maintain their up their candidacy despite knowing they were behind the curve. And this is even worse when it comes to the Communist Party with the candidacy of um, Fabien Roussel. I mean, just to give you a summary of how many votes they got all Yes, you know, in the face of history, their selfishness cost the whole of the left their place in the second round and a chance to beat Emmanuel Macron in the election, for example, uh, Fabien, uh, let's begin with uh, um, Yannick Jadot, who who was the first one after Jean-Luc Mélenchon from the left. Uh, Jean-Luc Jadot secured about one point six million votes. All right, Fabien Roussel, who ran on a platform to uh, bring back uh, pork and meat and wine, yeah, what he calls the happy days of France. This uh, communist party candidate, Fabien Roussel, got. 800,000 votes and in a historic beatdown for the Socialist Party, the same party that was in power when uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, was, I think, secretary for the economy. The Socialist Party was in power through or with uh, Francois Hollande. So within five years, the socialist party not only lost in 20 in 2017 they got something like 6% but they went down to uh what's the figure 1.75% and that represented uh, barely more than 616,000 votes now of course their arrogance made them lose the election but worse it humiliated them in in front of the rest of the country. I mean, the Socialist Party that had uh, François Hollande as a president, uh, Lionel Jospin as a prime minister in the the late 1990s, uh, François Hollande as a president between uh, 2007 and 2012. That party today completely collapsed because they wanted to maintain the same liberal left, if I can call it, line that you accommodate neoliberalism and, of course, you give a platform to Islamophobia in the name of protecting French identity. That's the platform the uh, Socialist Party ran on and today we cannot say that the left is in a better shape. We can just say that are attempts to recover from years of Hollande Uh, measures and of course uh, this might happen with Jean-Luc Mélenchon as he's trying today to unite the left under the banner of what we call in French the NUPES Nouvelle Union Populaire Économique et Sociale the new uh, popular environmental social union yeah, run with it that's my uh, live translation of the term anyways, now Uh, I'm just going to uh, backtrack a little and at least give you a taste of what the, the campaign looked like. We have to remember that Islamophobia was the cement or the glue that brought together the majority of candidates. Emmanuel Macron, Marine Le Pen, Eric Zemmour, Valérie Pécresse from the conservative party which herself got uh, something like a 3. Point, oh, excuse me 4.78% of the votes which is a a new low especially when the conservative party had the most presidents under the Fifth Republic, which means since the 1958 coup d'état in the favor of Charles de Gaulle. They had, of course, uh, Charles de Gaulle, yes, but they also had uh, Pompidou, they had uh, Jacques Chirac, they had Nicolas Sarkozy, and now their candidate couldn't even pass the 5% mark, which you know, need, uh, we, this needs to be said for, for, for a foreign audience. The 5% mark allows you to have your campaign funds to be reimbursed by the government to prevent corruption. Okay, so uh, one episode can actually summarize how the election went, the famous debate between Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron. You know, of course, Emmanuel Macron has been, was heavily criticized for his arrogance for showing that he did not care about the suffering of french people that his out of touch was deliberate Uh, he did not show any remorse when it comes to his uh, past neoliberal reforms let alone the highly authoritarian laws he passed one year before the election in order to make sure that far-right ideas were in the mainstream so he can run on that platform and then confront Marine Le Pen and expose her incompetence. And that's exactly what happened. He made sure that the you know far-right ideology gets a platform. Remember that we have massive... Uh, news outlets from the public service, France Television, uh, Radio France, and of course uh, the uh, uh, mainstream outlets like BFM and C News, which are the you know the Fox News of France, and they are the uh, how can I say the majority outlets in in um, in the television stations with the most ratings and of course those platforms gave a, pla- a prime platform to various far-right ideologues be it you know politicians be it you know writers be it polemicists etc and the atmosphere was about the domestic muslim threat and not about the domestic Poverty threat, environmental threat, and the authoritarian threat of the government. The law that, were passed against Muslim, that was passed against Muslims called the anti-separatism law. Well, he didn't come back and say, well, maybe it was too harsh. Of course not. The uh, comprehensive security law that further protects the police and gives more, exec- more powers to the executive and shields away government employees from uh, prosecution yeah this should actually ring a bell because uh, I'm being sued for exposing public office holders and government employees but anyways uh, this election of course when we watched the uh, debate there was nothing to take from it maybe one thing Marine Le Pen and I think I join uh, many you know uh, people on when I say this she did not come to win because you could tell that the woman is highly incompetent. She grew up as a spoiled brat in a mansion in one of the most upscale neighborhoods of the west side of Paris and she never really had to struggle her whole life. And thanks to that, she inherited a political party uh, founded by her father, Jean-Marie Le Pen, with former uh, French neo-fascists and collaborationists who worked with the Vichy government in collaboration with Adolf Hitler, and that party she inherited, of course, is a family business. So when she comes to the national television in prime time, I think it was like you know seven or eight p.m. You could tell she did, she did not know what she was talking about and Emmanuel Macron knew it. So anytime he would confront her on socioeconomic measures like the um, reform of our pensions, like the labor reforms Emmanuel Macron is still pushing for when it comes to protection against the high costs of living, uh, commodity um, food and uh, energy, she did not have real answers to that. And Emmanuel Macron appeared to be more capable of ruling the country. But what she got in return was respectability, which means the enterprise of what you call in French dédiabolisation uh, or undemonization is complete. Because now Marine Le Pen is no longer perceived as an extremist. She is part of the mainstream. And Emmanuel Macron said it. I respect you as a candidate. Not once in the three hour plus debate did he mention she represented a fascist party set up by former Vichyites. He did not remind her her party was built on white supremacy. Why? Probably because Emmanuel Macron agrees with her and that he wants to make sure that those ideas become the mainstream so he can keep pushing for more authoritarian laws in anticipation for more social upheaval not a word was said about the increase in uh, poverty over 10 million people in france uh, live below the poverty line not a word about the destruction of the environment not a word of on france's failed and disastrous foreign policy, not a word of course on uh, tax evasion which costs you know French taxpayers about uh, between 80 or somewhere between 80 to 100 billion euros per year, none of it. It was just a embarrassing or cringeworthy spectacle a couple of days before an election and Emmanuel Macron in return, cannot say he won by a landslide. Emmanuel Macron is the most poorly elected president since 1969 and the election of Georges Pompidou. And back then, the the poor uh, participation rate could be explained by what happened a year prior, namely the May 1968 uh, social movement. But today, people massively refrained from voting. Why? Because to them, Emmanuel Macron nor Marine Le Pen had answers to their immediate problems. And they knew they had a choice between a mainstream uh, neoliberal reformist and a hard-right neoliberalist. And if you take a look at the economic programs of Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron, there is no difference nothing is different they both want to have government services or public services slashed they both have programs that will serve the interests of the stock market and major corporations they don't they never or did not bring forward any concrete measures to protect the environment and slash carbon emissions and to uh, initiate what we uh, what what is called the environmental transition no none of it and on top of it in between two rounds emmanuel macron tried to court left wing voters based on you know Promises that he would not be as you know hardcore on the pension reforms, and the same thing happened with Marine Le Pen. She tried to court left wing voters by telling them Emmanuel Macron is not your ally. Am I? Uh, I am your protector against the rising uh, costs, and because Emmanuel Macron is campaigning for the rich, coming from a brat who grew up as a millionaire, I find that quite. I find it quite. Uh, how can I say hilarious? to say the least. But one thing was missing in between both rounds. Emmanuel Macron, for, since he held office almost, he constantly made Islamophobia a daily subject. No, I should say Muslims a daily subject in order for him to secure the votes of right-wingers but also the elderly. And that's true. I mean, like you know, voters from Macron are usually from the either the upper classes or people who have benefited from the uh, the the uh, the thirty glorious years. What what we call boomers, all right. But not a word was used to say, "Hey, Muslim voters, we got something for you." The agreement was that Islamophobia was completely normal. I did not see anyone of. Marine Le Pen or Emmanuel Macron address the rise in racism, let alone police brutality, discrimination being faced by Blacks, Arabs, Muslims, Roma people in access to housing, education, employment, even and even now healthcare. Not a word, that means there was a tacit agreement between both candidates that these anti-Muslim ideas are completely normal and should not be uh, dismissed now what do we where do we go from here right now we have an upcoming legislative election jean-luc Mélenchon has managed to bring the left together which is quite an accomplishment given their pathetic story uh, uh, history of the past 30 years they managed to get together will it work i don't know i don't know because there are always you know he just clarify, he united his party, La France Insoumise, with the Socialist Party, the Green Party, and the Communist Party. However, even if they all vote together without any dissenting candidacy, there is no guarantee they will get the majority. And right now, Jean-Luc Mélenchon's plan is to become the prime minister, based on the assumption that if the union of the left manages to get a majority in the National Assembly by numbers of um, deputies, automatically, uh, Emmanuel Macron will have to designate his prime minister from the left. But that's quite a bet, because even first, they have to have the majority. Second, even if they do, what if Emmanuel Macron designates a prime minister from the Socialist Party, which made less than two percent, or the Green Party, was gonna happen. That will blow up the union between the left-wing parties. Because if you are offered the you know the position of prime minister, are you going to you know say no in the name of preserving the union you are part of? Well, given the the history of the the left-wing parties in France, I have my reasons to believe, no, they will not say no. And Emmanuel Macron might be tempted to do it. So will we see Jean-Luc Mélenchon as prime minister? Not so sure. And I hope I'm wrong. Despite my criticism of the man, especially on on issues of uh, race and uh, Islamophobia, I don't trust him. And I know by even by looking at his behavior, uh, his party's behavior in the banlieue, in like the blacks and Arabs who campaigned for him during the presidential election, are being sidelined in the favor of white candidates being sent from uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon's party and for them to run thanks to the labor of blacks and Arabs, which sounds quite familiar for a person like myself, who is the son of of an Arab proletarian family. Anyways, this podcast ends right now. Uh, I forgot to share the news before I started, but I joined uh, the media, the online media called The New Arab or the English version, which is english.alarabi.co.uk, The New Arab. And I joined them as a columnist for France. So you can read my papers on a weekly basis, usually on Thursday or Friday. And uh, I cover, you know, French politics, French society, foreign policy, of course, issues of uh, race, banlieue, police brutality, etc. And I really urge you, if you are a journalist listening to this podcast, please cover this Sabine Vorin death in the City Hall of Paris. It is unfair that a black woman can die on her workplace and the person being accused of mistreating her and her likes on her workplace is getting away with it and on top of it is getting public subsidies to sue the people exposing exposing his racism and brutality. This was Yasser Louati speaking to you from the Paris Southside Beaulieu. Thanks again for listening and being with us. This is it for today. I will speak to you in the next ep- on the next episode, and this time we will cover the Sabine Vorin death in Paris, the ins and outs of this story, and how the government reacted when they were warned that a white man was harassing a black woman on her workplace, and how we found out about it. Talk to you soon.